the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Four miles. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is the Bob France Authority. Good morning to you. Thank you so very much for joining us as we get started at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Wednesday, the 19th morning of the 12th month of the year of our Lord, 2018. We are less than a week away from Christmas, so allow me to begin the program by once again wishing you the very merriest and blessed of Christmases. Uh, it is what we all deserve. I say that knowing that there are still a lot of people fighting said message. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I did see a story this morning. Uh, you know, enough is enough. I mean, honestly and truly. ADF, the uh, good people at the Alliance Defending Freedom, have taken up another cause now, a Washington State Senior Center. Okay? So, in other words, a, a home for senior citizens, a recreation center, etc. cetera. Uh, they have banned Merry Christmas from being uttered within their walls. They cannot say Merry Christmas if you're a resident at this senior living complex. You cannot sing religious Christmas carols. You cannot display any religious Christmas items in its common areas. This, uh, oh, Lordy, help me. Uh, this complex wrongly claims that it cannot allow residents to engage in religious expression because it accepts funds from HUD, the U- U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. Americans don't lose their constitutionally protected freedom to say Merry Christmas or otherwise express their faith because they live in a facility that accepts government funds, says ADF. No HUD rule requires senior living centers that accept federal resources to deny their residents the ability to celebrate Christmas with religious songs and greetings. Well, that is precisely why it is incumbent upon me to advise you, as much as you feel comfortable with in your daily life, to say Merry Christmas to everyone you see. And it does not have to be somebody who is Christian, because it is a greeting that essentially says, we bring you peace, and we offer you peace 
and love for one another. That's what Christmas is all about. I had an interview with a Jewish guest on my program uh, about four days ago. It was at the end of last week. And I said to him at the end of the interview, a very Merry Christmas to you, and recognized his Judaism, and I said, and a Happy Hanukkah as well. You don't have to stop one in order to acknowledge the other. I said, Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah, and he was appreciative of both measures and said back to me, even though he is Jewish, said to me, Merry Christmas to you as well. We gotta, we've got to fight. We do. And I don't mean to make this a big deal, but it's a big deal in a manner of speaking. Uh, make sure in this season that you do not censor yourself from freedom of religious expression. Please make sure that you wish one another Merry Christmas. Now, this is a bigger deal. President Trump and his party look like they are about to cave. You heard Hugh Hewitt talking about it. Congress racing now to avert a shutdown as the president has retreated on his border wall. You heard what he said, right? You heard what he told Chuck Schumer. You heard what he told Nancy Pelosi. He said, I will own the shutdown. I am happy to shut down the government if it means getting border security for our nation. And it was a presidential statement. I remember talking to you about this last week. The president has never sounded more presidential and strong and, and, and has never led. And he's been a leader from the beginning, but he's never led quite in that manner before. I was so impressed. And now, just a few days later, he's blinking. In the face of this showdown with the Democrats, the president is blinking. Members of Congress resigned themselves Tuesday to another short-term spending bill to avoid a government shutdown and set the government through the ho- uh, get the government through the holidays and into the new year after Democrats rejected a new Republican offer to give President Trump half the border wall money he's seeking, even half. Who gave the Democrats this much power? The chutzpah that they are showing as they are essentially saying, we run this country now. You beg to us, Mr. President, for what you want. We will decide what you can have and when you can have it. Who gave them so much power? The answer? The chicken bleep Republicans in Congress, led by chicken bleep leader Paul Ryan and incoming minority leader Kevin McCarthy. The leadership of the Republican Party in on Capitol Hill is absolutely pathetic. They gave the Democrats so much power. The Republicans still enjoy the majority for a couple more weeks. The Republicans could pass the president's doggone bill and get him his $5 billion which is still only one-fifth of what is necessary. The president should get his $5 billion, and the House should pass it, and Mitch McConnell should change the rules to 51 votes required and pass it, and then say, now you have the baton, Democrats. Now you have the baton on January 3rd when you take control of the new Congress, or at least the House of Representatives, half of the new Congress. But the garbage... Dumpster fire Republican Party on Capitol Hill will do nothing to help the president keep his promises. They are trying to distance themselves from Donald Trump because they believe he's going down. Why do you think they don't fear President Trump, but they fear 
the Democrats, because they believe what's in the fake news. They believe that because Michael Cohen pleaded guilty to something that isn't uh, a crime anyway, that Donald Trump is going to be indicted, impeached and or indicted. They believe Trump is going to have no power, so they feel no urgency to show loyalty to his promises to the American people. These cowardly Republican establishment These individuals are selling you out. They sold out the president. They're selling out American sovereignty. They're selling out the American border security that we were promised. And I have no use for the Republican Party anymore. I have said this in the past, and every time it looks like they've turned a corner and perhaps are starting to find their their. Uh, their intestinal fortitude and their belief in the Constitution, their belief in keeping promises to the American people that were made when they were elected, every time it seems like they finally get going in the right direction, we finally get a couple of them to do the right thing on Brett Kavanaugh, and I have restored my faith in the Republican Party uh, in Washington, D.C., they pull this. The Republican Party is trash. And if Paul Ryan were in front of me right now, I would tell him that to his face. Your party, sir, is garbage because you stand for nothing. You, McCarthy, Steve Scalise, the majority whip, who is not whipping up votes for anything. McConnell, who stood tall for a half a second in the Kavanaugh hearings, who stood tall for a half a second and saying, no, we're not going to allow a vote on the First Step Act that was going to put a bunch of very, very violent people back on the streets sooner? You're trash. I have lost patience with a government run by a party that we elected that is refusing to do what we elected them to do and are selling out the president in the process. After months of red lines, writes the Washington Times this morning, Mr. Trump backed off his demand for $5 billion from Congress, with the White House saying it will scrounge for the money elsewhere. Sarah Huckabee Sanders said they have ordered all departments and agencies to see if they can free up any cash to legally redirect to the border. You know doggone well that the moment they do that, Democrats will file lawsuits saying you can't move that money. That money was budgeted for this particular department, this particular area. And that budget is not allowed to be tampered with. It was voted on by the Congress as budgeted, and it was signed by the president. He can't change the money now. That's what they're going to say. With the president's retreat, GOP senators went to Democrats and suggested a deal for $1.6 billion in border wall money as part of a full homeland security spending bill, similar to a bipartisan bill that already cleared the Senate Appropriations Committee. But Democrats shot that down, too. Let me be clear, said Chuck Schumer. The Republican offer today would not pass either chamber. Lawmakers are racing against a Friday deadline to pass the final 25% of government funding for fiscal 2019 without action. Some departments and agencies would shut down, sending hundreds of thousands of workers into forced furlough and leaving others working without pay. Among the departments affected are agriculture, commerce, interior, justice, treasury, and a big sticking point, homeland security. With no long-term solution apparent, leaders of both parties say they're looking for a stopgap bill. In other words, a Democrat win. 
A continuing resolution just kicks the can into Nancy Pelosi's yard, and she picks it up on on January 3rd, and she disposes of it. We will never hear about border wall funding again. Are you listening? Do you understand this? Is it clear? We will never hear about border wall funding again once Nancy Pelosi takes over. Because all spending bills must must originate in the House, which will be her yard. We will never hear this again. The president has lost. The president has blinked. He will not shut down the government. And the reason is because he has no support of his own party. They fear the Democrats. They do not fear Donald Trump. They think Trump is gone. And for many of them, it's a big sigh of relief. For many of the pathetic, dumpster fire lighting Republicans in the Congress, in the House, Donald Trump being impeached is a big sigh of relief. Then they can get right back to the business of caving in to Democrats. They can get right back to the business of swamp dwelling. They can get right back to the business of typical Republican establishmentarianism. Glad that this outsider came in and shook it all up would be gone. That's how they feel. Do not think for one second that there is an ounce of support for Donald J. Trump in the Republican establishment in Congress. The handful of people in the Freedom Caucus, like Jordan and Meadows, who support him, don't count to the establishment and the leadership. They are not any more interested in giving Donald Trump a win than the Democrats are. They would sell out national security. They would sell out border security. They would sell out national sovereignty just to get Trump out of their hair. They're embarrassed by him. They're embarrassed by a lot of his statements, a lot of the scandals, by the high turnover in the West Wing. They're embarrassed by everything Donald Trump stands for, and they are just as happy to see him go as the Democrats are. They're not going to give him a win to try to save him. That's why they won't fight for him. It is absolutely pathetic. McConnell, Ryan, McCarthy, Scalise, you name it, Republican leadership on Capitol Hill is selling out America. And I will tell Bob Paduchik that. I will tell Ronna McDaniel that if I get her back on. I will tell every single member of the Republican leadership at the National Committee level and beyond. They have no interest whatsoever in supporting the president or supporting American sovereignty. Drugs that flow across that border, fentanyl that kills thousands that flows across that border, drug dealers, cartels, human smugglers, sex traffickers, terrorists that continue to flow across that border, they would rather see that come into this country than Donald Trump stay as the president of this country. They want America to lose if it means Donald Trump loses too. And they can get back to the business of normal republicanism. The Republican Party should be ashamed of itself. I'm going to tell you this right now. I prefer the Democrats to the Republicans today. Why? Because I believe in anything that they stand for? No, I disagree with everything they stand for. But I approve of them because they are at least up front about it.
They're at least upfront about telling you where their loyalties are. Their loyalties are with illegal immigrants, not with American citizens. They at least tell you the truth. Republicans lie to you and tell you that they're, they're concerned about the American people, concerned about American sovereignty, concerned about uh, jobs for Americans that are being taken by illegal immigrants. They lie to you. And the fact is they agree with the Democrats. At least one side, as they sell you out, is upfront about it. Republican Party can go to hell. It's 922. If you want to respond to this, I suggest you dial now. 216-901-0945. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Five zero one eight hundred six hundred four eight five zero. Simply reprehensible what has been done to this country by the Republican Party. We hired them, we elected them to change things for the better, to protect our country, to protect our people, to protect our borders, to protect our sovereignty. And they have sold out to the Democrats. They chose Nancy Pelosi. They chose Chuck Schumer. They chose Democrats over President Trump. That is what the swamp brings you. That is deep state politics at its worst. Paul Ryan... Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell, Steve Scalise, all other Republican leaders, we are collectively ashamed of you. And you cannot get out of Washington, D.C. fast enough. Storm and Norm in Brexville on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, Norm. Go ahead, sir. All right. Take it easy. You finally got it. you got to understand a few things, Bobby personalities versus the agenda. I'm going to tell you something that Michael Medved knows that doesn't have the cojones to talk about it. Where we're headed, and I love your passion this morning, we're headed toward a scientific, technocratic dictatorship. Understand technology is going to govern us, rule us, and all of that. The two parties... It has already started. It has already started. That is a major issue. Yeah, go ahead. I know, Bob. I, I listen. Listen. Deep down, you're a nice guy. You're a father. You're a stand-up guy. The problem is you believe in the two-party system. You believe in the body of corruption. Most of your audience, and I don't mean to sound egotistical, just didn't do the push-ups and the investigative deep research, such as other people that I've known over the years, people in the military, people in the, in the Justice Department right here in Cleveland, Ohio. The bottom line is the American people get played every day. Give you an example. $4.8 million goes to Mexico. If Trump wanted to build his wall, just have to aid just to Mexico. We feed the world. We wear out the world. We fight the phony wars, blah, 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 blah. However, there's your new agenda to maintain your uh, stature and talk radio. You've got to mobilize people. You've got to organize people. This is what the elite fear most. The elite... And what we're up against is what's called organized money. All my life, for 30-some years, I've tried to organize people. What the elite really fear is organized people, because we're up against organized money. And we can defeat this agenda. The bottom line is, 
We've got to get to the young people. That's very, very difficult because the liberal left, the cultural Marxists, got into the universities, the schools, and you're a former school teacher. You know, we didn't you teach English, right? Okay? Yes. You went in there with the, uh, with what's called, what do you call it, the, the, the student uh, teacher's guide, the program to teach English, right? When sure. you were teaching school, I always wanted to ask you this. Did you ever talk politics when you were teaching English? I bet not. Never. 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 It wasn't in the curriculum. That's the big word for me. Curriculum. All right? Here's where we're at now. I bet you talk politics to your kids. I, I could just imagine being around you on Thanksgiving and Christmas dinners, right? Can't stop. It consumes you. But now that you've gone into what I call thermonuclear launch mode, and I applaud you for it, you've got to shift gears. You've got to become a political gorilla. I, and, and you're not going to like this part. Stop interviewing people. Your 15 minutes commentary Forget everybody. I know you're good with Peter Christianos, Krasinov, whatever, and all these wonderful scholars. They're all in it for a paycheck. Some of them believe in the system. They believe in the country. What you have got to become is a loyal patriot, not only to your family, but the local people around you that endear themselves to you. Because the, the bottom line is most Americans are scared right now. They should be. No, they absolutely should be. But let me let me say this, Norm, because I, cause yeah, I, I'm short ahead. on time here, so i got to go, but... But, look, it's not a matter of believing in the two-party system that you talked about. It's not a matter of, I believed that this was going to be the way things were. It was more a matter of being hopeful. Donald Trump, for all of his flaws, for all of his warts, for all of the things that made me not like him during the primaries and made me support other people, he came in with a flamethrower. And that made me hopeful that he's going to change some things. And the swamp and the and the establishmentarianism of the Republican Party and their willingness to play this this game with the Democrats, I thought it might, you know, hopefully, I hoped it might actually change something. But now we see them uniting, that would be Republicans and Democrats, in 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 force against him. I am just deeply disappointed. So it's not a matter of I believed it and now I'm being, you know, proven, uh, you know, wrong. It was a matter of I was hopeful. But it is, a, it is an extraordinarily difficult job. It's an extraordinarily difficult job. Maybe, in fact, probably an impossible job to change the culture of corruption at the root of the Democrat and Republican parties who seem to enjoy working together to screw the American people over we'll be right back com. you know um a lot of people accuse conservative talk show hosts like me and companies like salem of of just you know kowtowing to or being in bed with uh, the republican party they accuse Fox News of the same thing. They accuse, you know, people, uh, uh, you know, like us in our positions. But I, but I just sent a tweet directly too. Not that they care. They don't, obviously, because millions of people told them how we feel when they voted for Donald Trump. Over sixty million people said we want a border wall. Over sixty million people voted for Trump and said we want a border wall. But Paul Ryan. And the rest of them, they basically said, we don't care. You're not getting one. We don't like it. We're not putting up the money for it. Trump's not getting it. We don't like Trump. Paul Ryan hates Donald Trump. Let's be frank. 
Paul Ryan, McCarthy, Scalise, all of them, they don't support Donald Trump. Now, they may not actually support Chuck Schumer either, or Nancy Pelosi, but given one over the other, they don't have to claim Pelosi as one of their own. But they have to claim Trump. I promise you, when Donald Trump faces impeachment proceedings, you will not see much obstruction from the Republican leadership. You will not. And that's why I just sent this message. I tweeted directly to these people who won't care. You are a coward, at Speaker Ryan. As are you, at GOP leader, which is McCarthy. These are their Twitter handles. And at Senate Majority Leader, which is McConnell. You have sold out America in favor of at the Democrats against at real Donald Trump. We will never see the border security wall we were promised because you won't fight for it. You should all be ashamed. I may make that my pinned tweet so that it's always there. And you're going to have to join me in this fight. Jim is in Walnut Hills. Uh, Jim, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning. Go right ahead. Hi, Bob. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. I wonder, I, I happen to agree with everything you say. But so Hold on a second. Hold on a second. If I may, Jim, I just realized what it said on my screen. You're in Walton Hills, I'm assuming. Right. Because I've never heard of Walnut Hills. <laughs> it says Walnut no, on my I, screen. I, you're Walton Hills. I know Walton Hills very well. I've never heard of Walnut Hills, and it just occurred to no, me that was a mistake. I'm sorry. Go I ahead, never sir. heard of it either. But anyway, <laughs> I, like I said, I, I agree with what you have to say uh, pretty much 100%. However, I'm just looking at it maybe in a different light as you know, Trump backing down, knowing that the Democrats are going to give him a hard time. So they're going to say, he can say, well, look, I backed down, and you still wouldn't pass my wall. You still wouldn't pass my funding. So it kind of throws it back on them. Does that make sense? Well, yes and no, but he already did that. I mean, he's already tried to appease them. Them, You know, when he offered to legalize not just the 700,000 DACA recipients, but 1.8 million of them, including those who are eligible for DACA but did not sign up for it, when he offered them, look, I'll, t- I'll give you your DACA. Remember, when's the last time you heard a Democrat remember, uh, mention the quote-unquote dreamers? When's the last time you heard them talk about DACA? This used to be the most important thing in the world for them when it was politically... Uh, 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 beneficial for them. Trump said, I'll give it to you. You can have it. You give me the funding for my wall and we'll legalize these people. There's a compromise. And they said, no, they won't give him dollar one. And the Republicans will not challenge them on it. And that's the problem. Trump is fighting, but the Republican leadership in the, in the, in the, uh, in the legislature is not. Okay, I, I understand. Yeah. I, I just, Maybe just wanted to think of it a different angle, but I agree. They're all cowards and they, they just won't stand up for what we want. Yeah, they they will not. And again, you know, I I feel like the president is fighting an uphill battle here. He's all by himself saying, I want this, I want this. And then when it comes down to push comes to shove here, he blinked. And while he blinked here and has basically said, okay, we'll do a CR, continuing resolution, or at least we'll consider one that will fund the government through the holidays and then turn it over to Nancy, he'll never get his wall. I understand it's not his, you know, when he blinks here, you know, it's not exactly standing up in the face of this uh uh, this enemy that I want him to do, but it's not his fault. I truly do not blame Trump when he blinks on this because he needs to have the support of his own party, which still has the majority of Congress for the moment, for at least the next uh, almost two weeks, and they won't do anything to support him. So he blinked, but they're the ones who who caused it. Well, thank you, Bobby. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jim. God bless you. Appreciate your call. Merry Christmas. I'm going to say Merry Christmas to everybody who calls from now on, by the way, to, to uh, support the point that I made in the uh, top of the show. Um, we are, you know, this, this is the other part of this too. Like I said, you know, Sarah Huckabee Sanders said yesterday in the press secretary, 
or a press uh, briefing, rather. She said they're looking at every other department, asking them to find places they can cut so they can free up money to fund the border wall that way. But I told you what they're going to do. Nancy Pelosi already responded to it and said reprogramming of any funds from one department to this would require congressional approval, which means the Democrats could all vote no again, and the Republican establishment would vote no as well. It is simply... Let me move on from that to another area that, and I feel like a member of the PPO today, party of the, or a party of the perpetually outraged, or the POS, perpetually outraged of society, because I'm very outraged at two stories today. The second one is the Republican-led Senate just passed the First Step Act. 87 to 12, the Republican-led Senate just passed the most significant criminal justice reform package in decades. 87 to 12, and they're selling out the safety of the American people, all to appease the left. Again, it's the sa- it's a, not the same story, but it's the same um, narrative here that we've had to deal with in that This is precisely what the Democrats want. They put the Republicans on the defensive. They put the Republicans in a position where they have to defend themselves for doing the right thing, and they are accused of being racist when they do it. You can't build a border wall. That's racist. You can't keep people in prison if they commit terrible crimes because some of them are minorities. That's racist. The Democrats have the Republicans on the defensive constantly, and the, the Republicans are constantly blinking, constantly backing off. This First Step Act is a disaster, and it's getting it cruised through the Senate 87 to 12. And guess what? I cannot defend Donald Trump on this one. Trump will sign it. Trump will sign it. He's been pushing for it for some of the same reasons. The legislation received endorsements from a wide array of political advocacy groups, like the ACLU. If the ACLU is for this, how can any true conservative join them? How can they not be against it? The legislation has brought intra-Republican divide over the criminal justice over criminal justice into sharp relief as hardliners led by Tom. You're not, he's not a hardliner because he wants violent criminals to stay behind bars and not be turned loose to prey on people in American communities. That doesn't make him a hardliner. It makes him reasonable. It makes him sensible. Accused their fellow, fellow Republicans of jeopardizing the public safety by reducing the sentences of violent criminals and major drug traffickers. He's right. Cotton and John Kennedy, Republican from Louisiana, proposed a series of amendments to the bill that reduced the population of inmates eligible for early release, among other amendments, all of which were voted down by a narrow margin last night. Under the new legislation, thousands of inmates will be newly eligible to receive the so-called good time credits, which will reward well-behaved inmates by ensuring that the Bureau of Prisons officials factor in their good conduct, uh, good conduct while living among other criminals... In the behind bars when determining whether they will be released on parole. In a severe statement released following the judge's uh, the uh, bill's passage, Cotton invoked the potential early release of child molesters to criticize the bill's proponents. Tom Cotton 
should be given a Congressional Medal of Freedom for crying out loud. Or how about a a Medal of, of Valor for standing up to his fellow Republican cowards who continue to bow at the feet of Democrats. He said, quote, While the bill has marginally improved from earlier versions, I'm disappointed my amendments to exclude child molesters from early release and to protect victims' rights were not adopted. I also remain concerned that reducing sentences for drug traffickers and violent felons is a threat to public safety. And that is exactly what it is. How any Republican, self-respecting Republican who believes in the rule of law and who believes in accountability for crimes committed can support this piece of trash, the First Step Act, is, is beyond comprehension. How the President of the United States can push for this and say, I want to sign this, is beyond comprehension. In an effort to reduce sentences, the bill also addresses the so-called stacking mechanism, which mandates additional charges when an individual commits a felony while in possession of a firearm. That doesn't matter anymore? If the bill is passed by the House, the stacking mechanism would only be enforced against offenders who have been previously convicted of felonies. So if you're using a, a, a gun to commit a violent felony for the first time, well, that gun won't be used against you when it comes to sentencing. But if you do it a second time, well, now then we're going to have to consider this. The legislation also reduces the mandatory minimum sentences under the three strikes law from life to 25 years. Yeah, because somebody who has done it once and done it twice and after being released from prison has decided they still haven't learned their lesson and does it thrice. Yeah, they still haven't proven to you that they are incapable of leading productive, law-abiding lives. They are incapable of following the law. We're going to let them back out again in 25 years. And, of course, that will probably come down as well once good behavior is factored in. This is exactly the problem that we're talking Some people aren't able to be rehabilitated. That doesn't mean all. Tom Cotton wrote this piece three days ago. He wrote an op-ed basically trying to alert the American people and some of his fellow legislators talking about the Cotton-Kennedy Amendment in the First Step Act to inform victims, to track effectiveness, and to exclude sex offenders and violent felons from early release. Sounds pretty doggone reasonable, does it not? But yet, once again, cowardly, pathetic, establishment Republicans ignored it. And just like we say all the time, when illegal immigrants come into this country and kill American citizens, what do we say of Democrats? What do we say? We say they've got blood on their hands. When somebody is protected by a sanctuary city policy in San Francisco and somebody kills a Kate Steinle, we tell those Democrats in San Francisco and sanctuary city enforcers that you have blood on your hands. Well, guess what? When these violent criminals get out of prison early and go out there and reoffend and victimize more people, Republicans, you will have blood on your hands. Start standing up for things that are principles upon which our country was founded. Stop bowing to the politically correct class. 
We were founded in large part upon the rule of law, which shall be applied appropriately and without bias and without discrimination and without favoring someone because they belong to a protected class. This week, wrote Cotton, the Senate will vote on the latest version of the First Step Act, a criminal justice bill that would release thousands of dangerous criminals from federal prison earlier than under current law. The effort is misguided and dangerous. Along with Senator John Kennedy, I've introduced an amendment to categorically exclude violent felons and sex offenders from the bill's time credit program, which can be used for early release. We have also we also have amendments to notify victims before a prisoner is released early and to monitor whether prisoners who are released early commit more crimes. They will. They do. Those studies have already been done. And the recidivism rate is ridiculous. If advocates of First Step want to protect public safety, they will adopt all three amendments. Advocates of this bill have already taken the first step to improve the bill, thanks to criticism from major law enforcement groups, victims of crime, and conservatives such as myself. After calling my concerns 100% fake news and trying to force their bill through the lame duck Congress without vetting, these advocates have finally acknowledged some of the problems I have identified and taken steps to fix them. For example, the warden loophole has been tightened. Uh, although not entirely closed. Several crimes have been added to the ineligible prisoners list. And fentanyl traffickers are no longer eligible to earn time credits, though unfortunately these traffickers would still benefit from reduced sentences on the front end. The bill's safety valve provision was curtailed so that no judge, so that judges will have less discretion to allow traffickers with serious criminal records to avoid mandatory minimums. These modest changes have satisfied some of my conservative colleagues who have signed on and supported the bill. Even this publication, you wrote this, I believe it was for NRO, uh, has offered a tentative lukewarm endorsement. Both have said the bill should pass if it, if it excludes violent, uh, violent offenders from early release. With respect to my conservative friends and colleagues, they have jumped on the bandwagon far too soon. A number of serious felonies, including violent crimes that are still eligible for early release in the version of the bill the Senate will vote on in a matter of days. In short, the First Step Act flunks their basic test to protect public safety. This is what they passed yesterday. Among those crimes are certain kinds of child molestation and sex trafficking, assaults on law enforcement officers, violent bank robberies, carjackings, hate crimes. Fittingly, the First Step Act would even allow early release for the accomplices in jailbreaks. Another crime still eligible for early release under the bill is 18 U.S.C. 2422. This is a commonly used statute to protect sex offenders who attempt to coerce children into illicit activity, often through the Internet. Do you understand this? Online sex predators still get released early because of this step, or this first step back passed yesterday, 87 to 12, in a Republican Senate. And Trump's going to sign it. There are 1,446 sex offenders in federal prison convicted under this statute. Not one of them deserves to be released a day early, writes Tom Cotton. Correctly, I might add. Our amendment would specifically exclude these crimes and categorically exclude all other violent and sexual felonies from eligibility for early release. This would not gut the bill, as left-wing groups have claimed. According to the U.S. Sentencing Commission, 62% of inmates would remain eligible for the time credits if our amendment is adopted. In short, this amendment would guarantee the basic level of protection that First Step supporters have assured us the bill contained all along. 
They should have no problem supporting it based on their own marketing. If they do have concerns with this common sense amendment, I would be happy to debate which violent and sexual offenders they believe should be eligible for reduced sentences. I'll stop there because of the time. It's 9.52. But cut to the chase here. This was written three days ago. Yesterday, they ignored it. Republicans ignored it. 7 to 12, this horrific bill passed. Americans are in more jeopardy. As soon as President Trump signs it, Americans will be in more jeopardy due to these violent criminals getting out on the streets earlier and with less deterrence from committing the crimes in the first place because they know it's going to be easier now if they get caught. More Americans are going to be harmed. And Republicans, you will have blood on your hands. We're back after this. All right, it's uh, 9.58. Short segment here before we head to uh, the top of the hour news. Uh, I want to shift gears. I want to tone things down. And I want to prepare you for something that I think you will be incredibly impressed by. It's especially important that we do this now at this particular moment in uh, the calendar. Of course, Christmas is less than one week away. It's time to start thinking about things holy, uh, and things historical. The eons-old search for Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai, the mountain on which Moses is believed to have received the Ten Commandments. That search that has gone on, like I said, literally for decades and decades and decades, from the locals who live in the Middle East and that region of the world, to outside researchers, the search may have finally borne fruit. Our friend Ryan Morrow, the national security analyst for the Clarion Project, has been working on a side project for the last two years. In addition to providing outstanding analysis of national security threats, Ryan has been working on a short documentary film called Finding the Mountain of Moses. And he believes that he has found it. And it's not in Egypt as once thought. It's in Saudi Arabia. Ryan Morrow will join us next to, prevent, to present rather uh, the facts that he has uncovered and let you decide for yourself. This is extraordinary. He'll join us next on AM 1420. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.